to Samuel chapter 6. And while you're turning, let me just say, I hope your pastor's watching. I sure miss him. I always love to get to see him and his Tammy. And what a blessing he has been in my life. And you certainly have a great pastor. Yes, sir. And I hope you know that. And uh, I don't come here, but I'll tell you this much. I've seen a time when one of the greatest uh, challenges of my life, and I called him and he helped me. And I am so ever grateful for that. Good to have my family and some folks from our church with us go down here tonight. It's just good to be in the Lord's house, isn't it? Amen. Second Samuel chapter 6, begin at verse 1. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from the thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. Verse 3 is where our text and where I hope to center our hearts on tonight. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart. If you are accustomed to marking your Bibles or underlining or making a note, and they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Geba, and Uzzah of Ahio, the son of Abinadab, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Geba, accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manners of instruments made of fir, wood, even on harps and on psalteries and timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. With the help of God, I want to preach just a little while, handling holy things. Verse 3, and they set the ark of God upon a new cart. Let's go to the throne of grace. I'm going to ask my grandson and uh, associate at the church, Elijah Lane, please pray for us, son. Amen. Let me say before I get started, boy, I love the music. Praise the Lord. Great. And I guess I need to get right with God. Your birthday thing, I stole that a couple years ago <laughs> while I was here. And we do that in our church. So I thought before I preached, I ought to get right with God, don't you reckon? And, uh, but it's good to be in the Lord's house. David was secure in his position as king of Israel. The nation had gathered itself around him and anointed him to be their king. David, no doubt, was certainly grateful for the peace that existed in Israel in those days. But David knew something. 
he knew that Israel was still far away from the Lord. Please don't miss this. They were his people, no doubt about that. But do you don't understand that we can be one of God's youngins and still be far away in our relationship? In those days, Saul and Israel had lost sight of the relationship with the Lord. Let me just stop here and just praise his holy name. Uh, nothing like having a relationship with the Lord. And David wanted to make this situation right, and he wanted to bring the people back to God. And so David knew they was going to have to go and get that little box called the Ark of God and get it back in its place. Our passage opens with David leading this massive army to retrieve the Ark of the Covenant uh, where they need to be, back in the place it need to be. And David knew that Israel would never be where it needed to be until the Lord was back where he needed to be as well. And so here he goes, and it was this Ark of the Covenant was that place where God promised to meet with his people. It was that the blood atonement was put upon on the day of atonement. It was here the Shekinah glory of God would come down and meet with the people. It was, if you will, symbolic of the power and the presence of God. God has blessed you so much, and I hope you know this, yes, with a beautiful facility. Amen. I mean, it is second to none. But without the power and the presence of God, it's just a beautiful building. Right. Yes, sir. Not just your church, my church, anybody's church. Without the power and the presence of God, it is sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. It was the centerpiece of the relationship with God. In the days of Eli, 75 years before, the ark had been taken by the Philistines, 1 Samuel chapter 4, and we'll not take time to read it, but you can. And what was a blessing to the people of God was a curse to them. And the day came when the Philistines said, listen, we, we got to get rid of that box. Uh, I, we, we thought that was where the victory was, and, and, and it was if they'd been saved, but it wasn't to them. It become a curse to them. And they said, we got to get rid of this. Now, notice what he said in 1 Samuel um, 6 and verse 7. And now therefore, make a new cart and take two milk kind on which there have not come no yoke and tie the kind to the cart and bring their calves home from them. That's 1 Samuel chapter 6. The Philistines said, let's do this. Let's make a new cart. Please note a new cart. And hook the cart to two milk kind and take the ark of the Lord and lay it upon the cart 
and put the jewels of gold, which shall be turned for a trespass offering in a coffer by the side thereof, and send it away that he may go. And here's what they said. And see if it goeth up by the way of his own coast to Beth Shemesh, then it hath done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know there's not uh, his hand that smote us. It was a chance that happened to us. So in verse number 12, they build this new cart. They set the ark of God upon it. They hook it to two milk cows, if you will, and they send it up the road. Verse 12, and the kind took the straight way to the way of Bethshemesh and went along the highway, lowing as they went. Sounds to me like was praising the Lord. Anyway, let's move on. And turned not aside to the right hand or to the left, and the Lord of the Philistines went after them to the border of Bethshemesh. So after 75 years, David is about to get a group of men and go down and bring God back to the nation. First of all, David's motive was right. No doubt about it. May I remind you, there's nothing more our nation needs today than to get God back in our nation. There is nothing that'll do more for our nation than to get God back in this nation. And David's motive was right. David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from this the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelt between the cherubims. David's character reveals his, the desires of David's heart. Now, David possessed a holy desire. He wants God back in the center of national consciousness. He wants to, he, he's, he's desiring that God would one time again be in the heart of the people. May I remind you tonight I praise God. I hope you're saved by the grace of God. I'll tell you this much. If you're not, we can take care of that tonight. But if you're saved by the grace of God, we need God's consciousness back in our hearts as never before. And David had a holy desire to get God back. Not only that, he had an honest desire. David wasn't after the glory or the power. David simply wanted God restored to his proper place and the sovereign God of the nation. He had a humble desire because you know, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me ye can do nothing. May God grant us a revival of a hunger for God. Amen. One more time. There'll be no satisfaction until it comes. I promise you, this world cannot produce what God can give 
in an individual's heart. No matter where you go, Walmart doesn't sell it. And so we find here David's desire, well, well, his motive was right. And here he goes, he takes all of these great uh, entourage of people. Can you just sit 30,000? That's an army going down to get this ark and notice his method was flawed. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart. Wow. There was a folding decision. David, where in the world did you get this new cart idea from? Where did you come up with this new cart business? Well, I'll tell you where he got it from. He got it from the Philistines. They said it on a new cart. Can I help you tonight? Now, I truly want to be a blessing. I do. But this world doesn't have the ideals we need right. to operate God's business. This world doesn't have the answers. And the Philistines, you see, were just ignorant about how to handle it. They just wanted to get shed of that box because that box was causing them problems. I mean, it's messing their life up. And so they just wanted to get rid of it. They didn't have the word of God. They, They didn't know the God of glory. And so they did what they knew to do. And yet, but David here comes down and says, and they set the ark of God upon a new cart. And so here they go. And they start down the road with this thing. And all of a sudden, they had good plants. They got the choir. They got the singing. They got everything just right. I mean, they're, they're doing everything they know's right, but they're dragging God along behind them. Don't boo me out tonight, please. A lot of people just dragging God along behind them. He's just part of their life. He's a God they run to when they have a need. But he's not the God they go to the first thing in the morning. He's a God they run to when, when, when this catastrophe hits. And praise God we serve a God that we can go to when we have a need. Thank God he hears and answers prayers. Thank God he's there. But I want you to know, I want to be so close that I don't, I don't want him dragging along by, I don't want him dragging behind me. Yes, sir. Here they are, they're dragging him up behind them on this new cart. And all of a sudden, that cart starts shaking. They hit a bump in the road. Uh, and all of a sudden, notice the foolish disobedience. For the first couple of miles, it was fine. 
Then all of a sudden, the ark shook and they feared it was going to be dumped off in the road. And all of a sudden, Uzzah reaches up and does what anybody would have done. He reaches up to steady the ark. And immediately, he fell graveyard dead. Bam. God took him out. And it seemed like the illogical thing to do. But you see, Numbers 4.15 says, And when Aaron and his sons had made an end of covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary, as the camp is set forward, after that the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it, but they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die. See, they didn't recognize they were handling a holy thing. Folks, we have been given some holy things. They're not, we got some holy things that God has given us to handle. And they're not going to be handled just any way. And so these verses teach us that God's very interested in the details. We may not think God cares about the little things, but I want you to know he does. And when that ark started shaking and he reached out to touch it, God dropped him right there in the place. But then notice with me something. By the way, does God react harsh? Do you think he acted harsh here? See, a lot of the time we look and say, man, God, how, how would you worship a God? Like, may I remind you, God told them how to handle the holy things. But apparently nobody stopped to look and ask. Didn't notice the fleshly display. Second Samuel chapter six, and David was displeased. He's upset. He's out of frame. I mean, he's tore up about this thing. And because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perazua to this day, and David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, he just throws up and said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? He said, I, I give up, how are you going to do? He just, he just got all been out of shape. I mean, he's upset about this matter. And so, it just stopped. Everything stopped. I mean, the music stopped. The procession stopped. The army stopped. Everything just stopped because they had failed to recognize how to handle a holy thing. God's not going to change for us. We, we sometimes believe God is going to change his holiness to fit us, but he's not. 
And he's not going to change his, his order for us. Right. That, he's the same yesterday. He'll be the same today. And he'll be same forever. And so he does not have to change. And David's upset because, listen here, he's done everything he knows to do. It seems like he's done right. His motive has been right. He's upset. He's, he's almost blaming God for this. And everything stops. And they take the ark and they put it in the house of Obed-Edom. Notice the motive that was right. The method was flawed. But David is not catching on that the method was flawed. He should have, but he never. But notice the motivation that renewed. They took this ark and they decided, we're not going to eat Father. And they put it in the house of Obed-Edom. Imagine with me, Obed-Edom getting his wife, his children. And he walks them over. I said, you, do you see that? He said, now don't you touch that box. There's a man last week died because he touched it. Don't you, get a, don't you lay a hand on that box. You leave. That's the Ark of the Covenant, and don't you touch it. And all of a sudden, so the Bible says in verse 11, and it was told David, saying, the Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth to him. David's come back to the... To, to the throne. He's about the business. He's still upset and pondering why he could not bring the ark of God back. No doubt, no, no, no doubt crazy things is going through his head. He says, how's my kingdom doing? One of the men said, well, the king, everything's doing good. But said, you know, King, we, we just can't figure it out. You know, Obed Edom's house, where we put that ark, he said, his fields is doing a lot better than everybody else's. You said that's not in the Bible. Well, I, now listen to what it says. And the Lord had blessed the house of Obed Edom and all that pertaineth to him. We, we, came, we can't figure it out, but his corn's a head higher than everybody else's. I mean, we can't understand it, but his livestock is, is healthier than everybody. We, we just don't understand what's going on, but I'll tell you this much. Since we put the Ark of the Covenant there, Obed-Edom's house has been blessed. David says this, and notice, because of the ark of God. Let me stop here and just call recess. When God is in the right place in our lives, we can't help but to be blessed. 
It's not up to you to be blessed. It's up to him to bless you. And when God is in the right place in our lives, we cannot help but to be blessed. In this church, when God, and I believe it is with all my heart, uh, I told you, you got a great preacher. There ain't no doubt in my mind. I was thinking, I, I, I was sitting there thinking about him announcing, and um, the Lord, I've heard you preach or preach. We've had him several times. You got to go, so I know how he preaches. But as long as you keep God in a center and in a right place, God can't help but bless his place. He'll just bless it. The neighborhood won't understand it. The night that your neighbors around here, they won't be able to, they won't, they'll say, you know, I, I just don't know uh, uh, what, but, but you know that place down at Calvary? Well, that place is, God's just blessing that place and blessing that church and, and, and we just can't figure it out at all. It's out of the country. There's not a lot of people around, but God just keeps blessing and blessing because when God's in the right place, you cannot help but be blessed. And so it was told King David saying, the Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth in him because of the ark of God. So David says, wow, I, I, okay, so the ideal is he's seen that he blamed the ark of God for not being able to bring it back. But all of a sudden he says, you know, there's nothing wrong with the ark of God because it's a blessing people around them. So it must be in how I'm handling it. So somewhere, and the Bible doesn't tell us, Somewhere, he opened a book again. And he got to finding out how God said to handle holy things. And and so, all of a sudden, we see, uh, so David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Notice the change in attitude. The ark of the Lord continued the house of Obed-Edom to get out three months and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And David, when he started hearing how that God was blessing the house of Obed-Edom, he said, we, we need that back here. We need that in the nation again. Uh, and all of a sudden, David had a change in his approach. So David got the Bible down in 1 Chronicles uh, 15. For because you did not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we sought him not after the due order. So the priests of the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with staves therein as the Lord commanded according to the word of the Lord. 
So here was the idea. It was to go down, take golden staves, and stick them through rings in that ark. And men were to lift that up and carry it on their shoulders. It was never made to be drugged around. May I say this? The Lord wants us. He wants to be that on their shoulders, the ark of God became part of them. It became part of who they were. God is not wanting us to drag God around. He wants to be part of our lives. He may not, wasn't it amazing? I, I love this church. I love uh, 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 this place. I love church. I love church every service. But I just praise God that I can meet with God on Monday morning and on Tuesday. Believe it or not, God even meets with me on Friday and Saturday. We need to go, hold it, son. God wants to be a part of our lives every day of the week. He's not going to be part of our life if we're dragging him along. Because he's liable to fall off. But if you hold him on his shoulders, he'll never drop. So David changing his approach. And this time, there would be no shortcuts. And David would do it the Lord's way. I, I know... Uh, Told my associate the other day, it's the pits to have a young man's mind in an old man's body. <laughs> I used to hear older preachers talking to younger preachers. And now that is twisted. Now I'm the older preacher trying to help some younger preachers. And one of the things that I see that alarms me there's a whole lot of them want to get new carts. Hunting for new carts. Hunting for new carts. The old men of God, the old men of God had a walk with God. They knew what it was in the midnight hour for God to wake them up and say, let's talk. They knew what it was to be on the mountainside saying, Hear God meet with us and talk to them. They knew what it was to hear the voice of God. 1989, I was so disgruntled. I was a lot younger then. I was so disgruntled with Christianity that I decided I was quitting. I just, I just, I wanted to make money. Just being honest, we we grew up poor, and I was tired of being poor, and I was on my way to making money. My pastor at that time said, I want you to go with me to pastor school and I want you to drive. I said, okay. And um, so while I went, I still never wondered. So that was in 1989. And when I got there, I heard this stuff I never heard. It's hard to believe I was saved at 11 years old that I could grow Baptist church. And it's a Bible said God's word will not turn voice because that church is dead as a hammer. And um, 
But God's word won't return void. And, and, and I, I never learned nothing. So when I got there, they was talking about the Holy Spirit. I kept saying, holy who? Who's that? And long as I stayed that week, on a Thursday at lunchtime, nobody in the auditorium, sitting up in the balcony all by myself, for the first time in my life, God began to speak to me and literally changed my life. Now, you were saved, but I never known that. I never knew that God could speak to you. All of a sudden, the Bible become real because it's God speaking. Prayer time could become real because God speaks to you while you're praying. Then God can speak to you any way he chooses to do so. And God changed my life. And I've never got over it. And I don't think I'm going to get over it. Matter of fact, I think it's getting bigger instead of getting over it. I know one thing. If God has ever met with you in your life, you will never get over it. And when God's not talking, then you know something's wrong. No doubt David had went back to the the, the throne and all of a sudden God did not begin talking. He heard how God was blessing, so he changed his actions. So David goes and he gets it done just right. He puts his staves in. He has the right people carrying the ark of God. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. David laid aside the sovereignty of his throne and put on the humble ephod of a seeker. David's heart had been transformed and David went after it. He went after God and he returned with the presence and the power of God. And David's life and the nation's life would never be the same. God has blessed you with something so wonderful right here in Union Grove, North Carolina. And it's a holy thing. And you keep God in the center of it. And I promise you, it'll, it'll be blessed and you can't stop it from being blessed. Yes. So what's the lessons here? Well, they're simple. The believer who goes after God with a heart to know him, who will seek him with his face. Some said, when thou saidest, seeking my face, my heart said, thy face, Lord, will I seek. What he's saying is this, God, I don't want watching your hand. I want your face because I want you. I don't want watching you. I want you. I want you. And so the lesson is that if we go after him, then we have to learn the truth. There's no shortcuts to holiness and obedience. There's a warning here. 
I didn't know if you've seen it. David is beside himself. He laid off of his royal garment. He's dancing before the Lord. I mean, they're having a time. And all of a sudden, he tell, it gets all the people together. And I love this. It gives them all a piece of meat. And they're all rejoicing. And he says, I want you to do something. He said, I want you to take what you got here and take it home with you. And the people left going home with it. By the way, in, in these meetings here this month of August, you ought to get something to take home with you. Amen. Amen. You ought to take some of this home. And so David goes, he's excited about God. He's, he's thrilled with what God's done. And he gets home. Notice verse 16. As Ark, the Lord came into the city of David. Michelle's, Saul's daughter, looked through a window, saw King David leaping and dancing for the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Please understand something. If you want the power and the presence of God, not everybody's going to join you in wanting that. Not everybody's going to like that. They, they might call you in a holy roller. I ain't sure what that means. <laughs> but you've heard this statement. You might be saying, you, you're going to seed on this Christianity thing. I mean, you, you, you're going off the deep end. And we might have to get you some help because you're just, you're just getting in bad shape. Because she went. All of a sudden, and she despised him in her heart. Verse 20, then David returned to bless his household. I just got to stop here and say this. You'll do nothing more for your household than for the power and the presence of God. Amen. You can do nothing. We, our place, we visited every place there is in town. And we went to some of the most beautiful homes you could ever imagine. I probably couldn't afford the sidewalk, much less the house. We visited homes where they were just about as poor as poor could be. But I've been absolutely shocked. When you walk in the home, you can tell the people that love God and know God. It's the most amazing thing I ever seen. I've been in some of the poorest homes and some of the most blessed people who ever been in your life. They would rejoice and praise God. We had one fellow in our church. He praised God everywhere he went. If you saw him at Walmart, he praised God. He didn't care who saw him. He, didn't, he, just, he just didn't care. He didn't care what you thought of him. He sure loved God. So then David returned to bless his household. And Michelle, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, now please, she's, she's being very critical. How 
glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servant as one of they fell shamelessly uncovered. She, she's blasting. And he said, it was before the Lord which chose me before my father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus and will be based on my own sign and made sermons which I have spoken of. Of them shall be had in honor. In other words, he said, I'm just, he said, I, I'm so sorry you feel this way. I'm so sorry. But he said, I just got to tell you, I'm going to praise God and I'm going to dance for, I'm going to just, I'm just going to show myself because the great God that I serve, he said, I'm going to worship him. And he said, I'm not ashamed to do it for the maidens. But notice here. Therefore, Michelle, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. That don't mean a lot to us today. But in biblical days, that was the worst thing that could happen to a woman. It's not to have children. That was the worst thing. And you know what God said? God said, I'm just going to close up your womb so you can have no more children because I want nobody else to have that kind of attitude. Tonight, tonight, I believe the message is this. May we all, may we all Recognize we're handling holy things. And may we not get caught up. I don't think David meant to get a new car. I don't think David set out to get a new car. I don't think David sought about a new car. I think it went something like this. He gets you down there. And David said, okay, we're going to get ready to transport this. Some said, well, the Philistines put on a new cart. He said, well, let's build us a new cart. Sounds like a good idea, didn't it? But you see, David asked to learn and God told him. He's handling a holy thing. And maybe we handle the holy things well for the glory of God. Good. I'm more conscious I don't know, it's because of my age, but I'm more conscious of this every time I preach that we're handling holy things. And I just want to please God if I possibly can. Brother, I'll let you come close to us. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment, our pianists will be making their way to the piano. We heard a great message tonight. And now it's, it's, it's our time, it's our opportunity to respond to what we've heard this evening. And, and I, hope, I hope God spoke to you because he sure did to me. I know he, he challenged me in a way that I, I've never thought of before. And maybe, maybe, just maybe tonight, God spoke to you and you need to do some business here on the altar as our pianist begins to play very softly here. You know, I love the message Handling holy things. 
And how often times do we get called up not handling the things of God properly in our lives just because we're caught up in the whim of things, in the, the worldly activities, in the hustle and bustle about our busyness of our days. And what a great warning it was tonight as well, a good challenge for each of us to make sure that we're not dragging God behind. Maybe this evening, the hour's not, the hour's not late, but maybe this evening, you're struggling. Maybe this evening you, you, you barely slid in here, but dragging God behind the whole way. I think it would do us all good just to do a checkup and make sure that God is in his rightful place. And that's first place in our hearts and in our lives, in our daily walk with him. And everything that we do, whether we eat, drink, whatever it is that we do, may he be in the midst and in the forefront of everything that we do. Let's all stand tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a moment or so of invitation. If God spoke to you in any way this evening and you need to do business with him, tonight you can do that.